This podcast is brought to you by Men's Tea Clinic. Men's Tea Clinic is the team I trust with my total wellness optimization, and so should you. Five DFW locations with North Frisco, El Dorado Parkway at Dallas North Tollway now open. Call 972-GO-MEN'S-TEA or visit mensteaclinic.com. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. All righty, here we go. It's our number three of the G-Bag Nation here on your home of the Cowboys, 105.3 The Fan. And we're joined by a very special guest now on the A number one air hot seat. First team All-American at Bama in 99. Been talking college football with Broadus here uh, in the break. 19th pick of the Seahawks. All-decade team for the NFL in the 2000s. MVP in 2005 with a trip to the Super Bowl. And first athlete uh, on the cover of the NCAA game and Madden. We could keep going on. It's the great Sean Alexander here I'm with you on the fan. I'm still jacket, though. I don't know what's going on. Hey, man. <laughs> We're going to work hey. on that. Hey, well, Get me in, campaign. fellas. Get me in. We, we need to get, get Darren Woodson and you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Very well deserved. How much of that is, is on your mind with uh, the you events know, of this week? I, uh, I know that I don't control it, and so I try not to let things that, um, that I can't control bother me too much. But I just came from Mobile, Alabama at the Senior Bowl. And, you know, they, they, they had 75th anniversary, the all-time team, the quarterbacks, Brett Favre, Dan Marino, the running backs, Ladadian, Thurman Thomas, yeah. Curtis Martin, and me. Wow. And I'm, like, looking at them, and I'm like, you know, there's something missing with these pictures. You know what I mean? My jacket is blue. All y'all's is gold. What's, what's going on here? And um, it's really funny. It's sad for me, but funny because they're all like, oh, gosh, we forget you're not in yet. Yeah. You know what I mean? So everybody talks to me like that. But yeah. I'm like, yeah, it is weird. And I think, like, when you're out of it long enough, you actually start thinking, like, wait, this don't really make sense. Like, yeah. I got 100 touchdowns. Yeah. <laughs> What's this going on yeah, here? No doubt. It's yeah. just it's when and not if, right? I don't even know how it works. I'm like, you mm. know, I, I try not to get too much into it because it it uh, it could throw you into a, a, a whirlwind of thoughts, you know. It's uh, Sean Alexander here with you, Brian. Yeah, Sean, you don't know how close you were to becoming a Dallas Cowboy because I here was working. I was working in the scouting department. We made the Joey Galloway trade. That's right, sure did. And I'll tell you what, it came it came to that pick where we were where we made yeah. the trade, and we all looked at each other and go. We just missed on Sean Alexander. Yeah. And, I, and Joey came and got hurt yep. the very first year mm-hmm. with us in Dallas. And we, matter of fact, it was the trade. It was you at 19. Yep. And then the receiver the following year that uh, was, uh, was drafted. I mean, the pick went from the 19th and then to the 7th yeah. the following year because of how. But we, we absolutely loved you. Yeah. And, and a lot of teams did. A lot of teams did. Loved your running style. But I was going to ask you a question because you, you had such a nose for the end zone. Yeah. Instincts, mom and dad, what, was, <laughs> what got you into the end zone so much? Uh, 
part of it, I think, was like that was like my only goal, like to play yeah. the game. Like some people were like, I want to get a hundred yards. I'm right. like, I want to score like four touchdowns. Get the yeah. Touchdowns. And go. so I don't, I don't know. Like there was something about that, the fact that when you score, the whole game stops. Yeah. You know, dads are putting putting their kids. Hey, you see how you that? <laughs> you know, girls like, oh, you know, yeah. what I mean, like there was something about touchdown. Like you know, you can make like a twelve yard run. Everybody's like, sure. yeah, okay. People that know the game's like, that yeah, was a good run. You know what I sure. mean? But a touchdown, everybody stopped. And there was something in little old Sean Alexander at like fourth grade was like. This I want to do that. Yeah, like I, I would play so defense. So you figured that out real fast. Yeah, fourth grade, I played yeah. defense, and then I ran a kickoff back. Yeah. And then I ran another one back. We were playing the, the Blackhawks, and they beat us 38-12. to 12. <laughs> But I remember coming to the to the sideline, and my aunts and uncles were there. My brother, who's one year older than me, yeah. and he, you know, he was playing the league above us. And I said, dude, why is everybody tripping out? Like, everybody's so excited. He goes, you scored all the touchdowns. I was like, what position scores the most touchdowns? The running back. Hey, coach, I want to be running back for now on. And, like, fourth grade on, you know, tons of touchdowns later, you know what I mean? Like, that's, that's what drove me. Were you spiking the ball in the end zone? Or did you yeah, have any you celebrations? Have like celebration mode? I did, and I just I, – I would, I would wear myself out scoring. Like, I, I would, every now and then I'd do, like, a dance. I'd be like, oh, I'm tired, you know, because <laughs> in my mind I, I wasn't, like, a 100-yard one touchdown. I wanted yeah. to get, like, four and five. Like, right. you know, like I scored seven touchdowns in the games twice. In high school, yeah. I did five in college uh, at Bama, my first start my junior year, and I did five with against the Vikings. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, like the, crazy. the gaudy stuff that like that uh, that I was allowed to do. Like, I'm like, oh no, that's like that was the plan. Like, like we're gonna score three and four touchdown games, Man. and and that that was it. Like, even our pros, I thought like it, it did it a bunch of times. All right, running backs, we keep talking about the devaluation of the position. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I, I feel. You guys going to get a union anytime soon to help you with, with the situation? You you have to feel yeah. every time you see when you're thinking like, well, here we go again. You yeah, know, here you we know, go with our running back. That we we need to do something, but I, and I feel like they could they could make it where the running back gets his contract, but then if he hits these bonuses, it doesn't hurt the team. So right. I feel like the NFL could just think that out. Like, hey, if the the, the the best one, two, three running backs to do this, if they have this many carries, one, two, three, all the way down to ten, you know what I mean? Right. Uh, if they can score this many touchdowns, worth they can put in their contract a bonus of this much that does not hurt the team. Because then everybody could say, oh, you paid them this much. No one's mad about that, you know what I mean? Mm. But, but I feel like it all started with, you know, and I, I would use – you know, having the great Mike Holmgren as my coach. Yeah. Right? When you go from Joe Montana oh, sure. to Steve Young, you become the head man for the Green Bay Packers. You have Brett Favre, then you oh, come yeah. to Seattle. And, you know, Matt's my guy, and I love him to death. But there's a big difference from those first three names I mentioned to Matt. And then you look up, and you're like, oh, I got this running back that can carry the ball. So the tweak the offense. But Mike and I would have conversations. He'd be like, man, I, I just can't turn around and just give you the ball, like, 30 times a game. And I'm like – if you do, we're going to the Super Bowl. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah. so, like, he, he did he did for a couple of years, and, and we, we really went went at it that way. So, yeah. But in his mind, it was like, oh, am I really coaching? And you see coaches' salaries getting right. higher. They're feeling like they got to do something to earn their pay, and that's running these cool routes, running the yeah. seam. And, did the, and, and I get that. And yeah. so what's happened to the running backs is the guys that are 6'1", 6'2", like me, they're going to be about 220, 225. They're now playing linebackers, mm-hmm. right? You know what I mean? And they're just buffing up a little bit more, and now they're playing two forty-five at linebacker, and all the running backs are getting smaller and smaller. So mm-hmm. now they're five eight, five nine, two hundred pounds. So now you've seen a shift in the game. But if eventually a defensive coordinator is going to figure out how to do that, and they're going to be like, "How do we stop this?" And somebody's going to be like, "Well, if we run the ball, we'll beat them." 
yeah. and they're going to figure it out, and then the whole thing will shift back. Yeah. But until then, they need to get the running backs their money. <laughs> do you think we're starting to get there with what maybe the, the 49ers are able to do, some of these new schemes? Yeah, the 49ers, you even see the Ravens, their defense can stop the pass and they run the ball. I feel like the Seahawks are about to go there with this new coach that they hired. Hmm. Um, you're, you're about to see all of it shift, shift back. And, you know, it'll take a couple years. But when you got young quarterbacks that have been trained to throw the ball on time, at the right spot, and you you know just like you know look at AFC, there's like six great ones right now. Yeah. You know, then you want to try to figure out how to get that one, and then make your offense about that. But if you figure out how to stop that, then you have to go back to running the ball to move the ball. It's future Hall of Famer Sean Alexander <laughs> here with you on the fan now. Um, Brian mentioned Dallas. I'm from Washington State, so ah. I know. And I was on sports radio when you guys were going to the Super Bowl, so I, I know very well how much of a legend you are up there. Yeah. People, when I go back up there, still talking about you. But what would have your thought have been if the Cowboys had taken you and not made that trade? Well, I don't think anybody knew how close I was to Emmitt Smith. You know what okay. I mean? So it Let's was go. one of those things like, <laughs> man, guy. I'm going to go play behind, you know, a mentor, a friend, a big brother. So even when I was in the contracts, like, should I sign this franchise tag? Yeah. Emmett was the first one. Don't do it. Now you guys know I did, and it worked out. We went to Super Bowl <laughs> one year, you know. So so I didn't go go with his plan, but like, I I had a voice that could explain to me the thought process of doing that, and so it would have been really really cool. But I got Ricky Waters and. And yeah. he was amazing. I, I want him to get to the Hall of Fame because, you know, people say silly things when you're young. You know yeah. what I mean? And so 10,000 rushing yards and 70-something touchdowns, like, that's – he was one of the he best was, also. He was, he was you good. Know? He was and good. so, you know, so he taught me so much. So I was really thankful to be with Ricky. But Ricky knew, like, after, like, the first year, man, he's like, we're, we're eating at dinner in the, in the training camp getting ready for the second season. And he goes, you know – you're like the best that we've ever had. <laughs> and I'm over here thinking I liked Amon Green when he was in college. We drafted him. I liked Amp Lee when yeah, he was in college Amp at Fortnite. We drafted him. So he goes, I knew I shouldn't have liked you this much because I could tell. He's like, I'm getting older, and I can't do what I can do, and you can do stuff that all those guys did. And I was like, man, thank you. And then he was like, don't screw it up. So I knew. I was like, oh, man, if Ricky's passing the crown to me, I got to go off. The and pressure so, is on. Yeah, so we did. You know? Well, that's the thing about it, too. I was with Mike in Green Bay. Yeah. So, I mean, we had Dorsey Levens yeah. and Mike and Ecker Bennett and backs like yep. that. But when Mike was with Roger Craig, yeah. So he knew he knew he had a special talent in yeah. you. He knew that he could hand you the ball, throw you the ball, yep. and do those kinds of things. So he would tell me stories about uh, about uh, Bennett and Dorsey. Yeah. Oh yeah, I threw the ball to them. Oh yeah. You know, they, they Texas caught, routes. They caught six <laughs> balls in one game. I said. <laughs> You throw it like that to me, I would do it twice. And I had back-to-back games with, like, six or eight yeah, receptions. Yeah. I was like, yeah. I was like, hey, don't ever compare me to people. Like, and I want them, I need – if it's not Barry or yeah. Emmett, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, if yeah. so, he, he knew how to push the buttons and make you compete. Sure, and he I, did. That's what I loved about him, you know. Yeah. And so, you know, hopefully he gets in the Hall of Fame, too, because he, he, was, he was really good at pushing the right buttons and everybody. I mean, you look at all the guys he's coached, you know. You know, and if, if you go all the way back to like Sterling Sharp, if he was healthy, gosh, you know, like it was everybody amazing. he touched was really, really great. We all we had was Brett Favre. That was my first year in '92. We had yeah. Mike. We hired him, and the first thing it was was we had Sterling Sharp and Brett Favre. Yeah, and the ball was going there every single time, and nobody could stop it. No, yeah, yeah Sterling so, was a hell of a player. You know, and then you got Jerry Rice and John Taylor yeah, and Roger exactly. Craig all the night. Yeah, it, it was he was he was good at doing what he did. 
We got to go. Okay. Thank you so much, Sean. Yeah, 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 uh, man. Thank, thank you all you. for having me. You're an absolute beast, man. Yeah. I'm really excited about even what we're doing with Stand Together and, and, and the Cafe Momentum. And just to tell you all real short, um, we're doing some great things to help impact communities and, uh, and especially kids in the juvenile justice system. So we're just not stopping. We're going to talk football. Yeah. We're going to impact kids and families, man. And, uh, and uh, you guys keep doing what you all do, too. Oh, we, we will. Much, Can man. you give us more information on that? Is it Cafe Momentum? Yeah, go to Cafe Momentum. Uh, dot com backslash Super Bowl. Okay. And everybody can read up. You know, we uh, the juvenile justice system um, usually recidivism is about 45%. That means that they'll go in the back in the prison. Mm. Uh, the kids that go through cafe momentum is 11%. Yeah. You know, and so we're taking these kids that everybody's calling throwaways because, oh, they go back to prison again. And we're changing their lives. We're putting the right system around them. And it starts with being in a year internship uh, program. And these kids are just growing and changing. And, and you know, we've had over 1,000 kids now in Dallas. And so I told Chad Hauser, the great chef that started that, I said, we can put one in every NFL city. And so now we have one in Pittsburgh. We have one in Nashville. We're about to open up in Denver and Atlanta. Um, we're, we're on our way. Miami, Houston, and Tampa are, are, are en route, too. So it's really exciting because we're, we're helping our country do something that, uh, that, that we all need, which is somebody to tell them that we care and that you're worth it. We always heard during your playing days how you were just the perfect role model. Did that come natural, like running the ball to you? Is this just all what you do? Coach Saban was right. Just a good man. Yeah. <laughs> he knew you were You know what? I, I, I think the best version of myself usually impacts people, and so I just I try to stay in that, that kind of form. It's inspiring, man. Great really stuff. Is. Thank really you. Is. Thank you so much for we, spending We need to do this again, us. man. we got to talk more ball with you. Yeah, man. yeah, man. We love it. We love it. The great Sean Alexander here with you on your home of the Cowboys, 105.3. The fan so awesome listening to him and Brian talk football here with you. And we're back with more coverage. Woolchuck's top ten. Where are we going with it? All right. We've got uh, National Fettuccine Alfredo Day. I've got Ooh. the top ten Italian-American dishes. What's your favorite? That's next. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Here we go. We are back, G-Bag Nation. The U.S. Air Force Thunderbirds are performing the flyover for the Super Bowl on Sunday afternoon. Major Tyler Clark, the number three on the right wing of the formation, and Major Jacob Impelazari is the number four in the slot. They're joining us now here on Radio Row in the A number one air hot seat. Segments brought to you by the Frankels. Life's unpredictable. Accidents happen. Franklin Frankel, the go-to attorneys for car and truck wrecks in DFW. If you're a loved one's been in an accident, contact the Frankels, 214 or 817 333 33 go online to truckwreck.com uh majors tyler and jacob welcome to the show gentlemen how are you thank you sir we're awesome we're excited to be here right on we're stoked to have you we've been talking about this interview for a couple of days uh, just with all the questions <laughs> that, that can we start with your call signs maybe oh we got to get this mic on we need a hot mic over here uh, this one here perfect right? okay, okay we're good cool. call sign tyler yep uh, i go by slasher Slasher. Slasher. All right. And what's the uh, what's the origin story on calling you Slasher? Well, that'll cost you a beer. Okay. Uh, <laughs> but the story that's uh, you know safe for mom and all the kids, right? I'm a huge '80s hair metal fan. Okay. Um, and Slash, you know, is an epic guitarist, but go. he already took that name, so they had to tweak it just a little bit, and we came out with Slasher. Okay. And and Jake, where are you? Uh, so my call sign's Primo, and it is fighter pilot tradition. If you ask for a call sign, you better present a beer. Okay. Uh, 
But well, we'll I do have there. a challenge coin. Dude, I'm oh, there it is. Okay. Oh, you got them. Okay, hey, so I owe you guys beers. beers. Okay, uh, I'll settle up immediately after the show. It'd be an honor to, to purchase you gentlemen <laughs> oh, a beer. And I owe you two. I owe you two each. That's All right. right. So you guys are going to have a good afternoon. You were ready with that. You're like, I'm going to get the Thunderbirds with the, with the coins. see the twitch. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Ooh, the shakes. <laughs> I'm ready. I'm that thing down. I've been waiting years for this since I was at the Army-Navy game, but uh, maybe more on that later. Okay, we have football verbiage here with the slot and the wing. That's mm-hmm. what I was, Yeah, there we go. And, yeah. and I, I just I couldn't help but think of how many comparisons maybe you guys have to football players especially the quarterback, trying to execute these maneuvers under threats of violence. Do you guys see it the same way? Uh, yeah. So our quarterback is Thunderbird 1. Okay. Um, so the way we go is we're, we go by our numbers. So 1 through 6 are the ones you're going to see flying in the uh, flyover on Sunday. Number 1, he's our commander leader. We call him boss. Uh, but he's our quarterback. So he's the one leading the formation. Number two and three are the inside wingmen. So number two is on the left wing. Number three is on the right wing. And they are tied to boss. So they're not looking outside. They're not looking at the ground, their altitude, nothing. Boss, uh, boss's jet is the horizon. And then number four, uh, I'm the slot pilot. So I'm just staring up at boss's uh, belly, looking at his afterburner. Uh, and I'm looking at the overall formation, uh, making sure we're looking good. And then five and six are what we call the solos. So in the air show, which we normally do, the solos are raging around single ship. The diamond is pride and precision, showcasing what uh, what we can do in formation at 18 inches apart. And then we'll all rejoin at the delta formation is what we call it. And that's all six of us together. Now, is, is boss, uh, you guys trust this quarterback, more of Mahomes, a Purdy? <laughs> what are we dealing with here with the boss? Is Brady here? <laughs> yeah. Definitely Fine. not a dad. Right? <laughs> uh, he's just he's going to be at the top of the totem pole. So I would say there's no comparison because we're trusting him with our lives. Yeah. Um, and he has a very, very serious job. Yes. Uh, because like he alluded to earlier, he is my sole reference for those 36 minutes of my life. Um, and anything that he does wrong, I may not get to sit in the seat and talk to you guys. Yeah, so the, the, that's the, the run of the show, 36 minutes? Well, so for an actual air show demonstration, mm-hmm. uh, which our show season starts uh, in March, uh, but at, we'll fly at those same distances. Uh, you'll get to see that on the uh, flyover on Sunday as we shack the B and Brave uh, during the national anthem. Yeah, and what, what type of speeds are you guys really moving at here? Like yeah, so uh, for the flyover, we, uh, we fly in ground speed, um, and it's all wind-corrected uh, for that. So we're shooting for 375 knots ground speed, uh, which is probably around 350 cal, which is in miles per hour, we're talking 400, 450 miles an hour. In an actual air show, if you come see us uh, perform at an air show this season, you know, uh, Slasher talked about trust and boss. We have a motto on the team. It's called blind trust. Uh, mm. So we are blindly trusting each other. Uh, to do what you have to do so we don't put jets together, don't put jets in the ground. But we will really fly 18 inches apart. We will really fly 100 feet off the ground doing loops and rolls, and we'll be flying upwards, you know, seven, 800 miles an hour. Can how, you guys, how are you confident? Can, Sorry, Brian, I, yeah. I just wanted to follow up on that. How, sure. How can you be confident 18 inches apart in the air like that? I mean, we feel turbulence in a plane, and <laughs> yeah. it's, it's moving. Yeah. How, how, how can you be so sure? That's uh, training and experience. So... All of us on the Thunderbird team, we've all had 10-plus years uh, flying fighters for the United States Air Force. Uh, and with that comes a plethora of experience across multiple different airframes. So that's kind of a starting point. 
And then as a member of the Thunderbirds, we go through a rigorous winter training season. We're actually on our way out of the winter training cycle uh, right now. And we'll start these maneuvers a little bit farther apart. And we work to build trust within each other. Um, and then as we can prove our stability uh, within the formation, then we'll slowly work it in closer and closer and closer. Um, yeah, yeah, I was going to ask you, I've, I've interviewed race car drivers before, and they talk about driving the car through the seat of their pants. Mm -hmm. When you fly a plane like this, how do you, how do you feel the plane and what it's doing? How do you, where, where's your sensor point? Yeah, so uh, that's a really good question. You know, when you start, when you're brand new to the team, it feels like, you know, we've already taken off and gotten halfway through the show, and it feels like you're still sitting on the ground. You're that far behind the airplane. Um, but like Slasher said, you know, we're flying twice a day, six days a week uh, to build that blind trust. And eventually, it's funny, you don't know how many fine muscles you have, but you get a feel for that fine muscle memory. And then you transition to that type one brain. And then now you're trying to always be proactive. And, you know, boss is basically singing to us when he's out there. Um, so he's pretty much the only one talking on the radio, and he is commanding or announcing every airspeed change, every turn. Uh, and if he calls a left turn, it's at the T and turn. We're expecting him. We're blindly trusting that he is going to bank his wings mm. and turn. So wow. everything's on a cadence. Uh, everything is pre-coordinated. Um, and you're always trying to be proactive. It's proactive flying that's going to keep you safe once you start getting reactive that's where dangerous situations mm -hmm. gonna can you guys ever have a bad yeah. day uh absolutely just like anybody um you know we're always striving to fly the perfect air show um but that's what makes us the greatest demonstration uh squadron in the world it's because we know we'll never get there we know we'll never fly the perfect air show but we still strive for the perfect air show um you know the season ends in november but every, sea, every sortie we fly is a training mission. We're always striving to be better. Um, so absolutely, we can have bad days. Some of these uh, videos that come out that are so great are other people that get to go up in the plane, and then they're passing out due to the G-force. <laughs> yeah. How long did that take you to get used to? Sorry, can you repeat that with, first with part the of the G-force. question? Uh, you oh, know, the G-force is sure. Other people are just going to go up there, and it's like, oh, my God, you see them coming in and out of consciousness. Yeah, sure. Uh, so, yeah, G-forces are interesting, uh, and a lot of that really is individual to the human body, okay? Um, generally speaking, if you're in pretty decent shape um, or you have extremely high blood pressure, you're probably going to be able to uh, handle the Gs. Uh, but much like working out or playing sports, the more you do it, you also start to build a tolerance for it as well. Now, the Viper or the F-16 that we fly on the, uh, the team is a, is a 9G-capable jet. Um, and then in the configuration that we fly it, which is clean, um, so we don't have anything hanging off of the wings. The engine produces 29,000 pounds of thrust just in one jet. We can accelerate at 9 Gs, especially at lower altitudes, um, and that can do some serious damage to the human body. Um, so people on the team and fighter pilots in the Air Force, we also wear G-suits. That doesn't really offer a whole lot of protection. You're talking like maybe a G and a half to two Gs of extra protection um, on the human body. So, Amazing. Yeah, it can wow. be pretty intense. It's Majors Tyler Clark and Jacob Impelizari here with you on 105.3, the fan members of the Thunderbirds. And you guys are the real deal. We're not, we're not show pilots, right? That's what I've, I've been told. We're, we're combat experienced. Is that uh, safe to say? Yes, sir. Okay. And um, how, how different is that? You know, when, when, when going back and forth from the two disciplines. Yeah, so um, we're still active duty Air Force. Um, 
you know, the Thunderbirds are a selectively manned unit. Uh, we're 135 personnel strong. So you have to apply to join the Thunderbirds. So we both came from the, we call it the CAF. It's the Combat Air Force okay. flying, uh, you know, combat coded F-16s in my case, F-15s in Slasher's case. Um, it's it's same, same, but different. It's similar. So the discipline's still there, same flying style. The way the Thunderbirds uh, perform, what we try to showcase is something tangible that a one each civilian can look up and understand. But in the combat air force, I can't explain to a, a normal civilian what a big red flag exercise is. I can't take you in the back of a vault and show you the lines and show you, you know, our fake missile shots uh, and stuff like that. But but the ops tempo is very similar, um, and I, th I think that's cool for what air shows get to show the public is like this is a tangible thing that your United States uh, Air Force can can give to you. Is there a situation as pilots that carrier landings? Is that something that's, I mean, we always, because we see in movies and, of yeah. course, the, the carriers and how, you know, Cat One and all this yeah. kind of stuff. But is, is that part of the training and stuff that you, that you guys have to deal with? Uh, not for the Air Force. That's specific to Navy. Specific to Navy. Okay. Now, Air Force fighter jets do have a hook. We have right. a hook. Um, but most Air Force base runways have a cable on it okay and just for emergencies only so if we lose our brakes in the f-16 then we can drop the, you can hook. Hit the hook yeah okay but if we wow. tried to land on a carrier our landing gear still a little tiny <laughs> yeah. and just rip right <laughs> but off. they don't it, it there's no crossover no. at all then. no sir okay, okay. Yeah. i got you how combat ready are your jets right now um they are not okay not. Um, but uh, the unique thing about these aircraft is it is an f-16 um and they did come from combat uh, squadrons previously. Uh, they're painted red, white, and blue, uh, but they've had some modifications done to them so that we can fly them in an air demonstration. Uh, but what also is unique is, let's just say that uh, all heck breaks loose in the world. There's no longer an air demonstration squadron for any branch in the military anymore. Uh, it's around 72 hours to take those F-16s, make them combat coded, and then send them to whatever combat unit needs them. That's great. So Brian brought up, uh, like we see in movies, so when you watch, I was talking to you guys about Masters of the Air, oh, uh, which incredible. is a tremendous show, or even Top Gun Maverick, like just came out. Well, for you, you must have a different perspective watching these. How accurate is it when you see the, the flights depicted in film? So I'll talk to both Top Gun Two, I thought was an incredible movie. Um, I was very, very. Now there is Hollywood in it, but I was very impressed on how realistic they tried to make it. Uh, so I appreciated how much effort they put into Top Gun Two, and then Masters of the Air, just an absolute incredible show, uh, showcasing the realism of what those uh, fort pilots had to go through in uh, World War Two. Any, any, have you ever flown in one of those old, uh, the relics of those planes? Have you ever got to take one up? I've never. I've walked through a bunch, but my dream is to get in a P-51. Yeah, that'd be my yeah, dream as there well. There you go. Only in a World War II trainer. That's the only experience I have, but not an actual, like, combat sure. World War II fighter. How What's many your... of those are even around still? There's quite a bit. Um, you know, in the air show circuit, there's this group called the Commemorative Air Force, um, and they travel around the country. Uh, they've got B-17s, B-25s, P-51s, Corsair, just the plethora of World War II airplanes, and they take them around the air show circuit. And you actually pay to uh, get on uh, B-17 or B-25. Wow. Oh. Is this y'all's first Super Bowl flyover? Yes, it is. Yes, sir. Before this, what other things have you done? 
So this is my first season on the team. Okay. So everything about this year is going to be my first on the Thunderbirds. <laughs> uh, in my previous aircraft, I've done flyovers before, uh, but nothing to this magnitude. Do you have a rooting interest in the game? Uh, uh, Carolina Panthers, maybe next year. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, teams can turn around quickly in the NFL. Absolutely. That's true. Just and like you? that. Uh, Bengals. Yeah. Uh, you know, we were talking over there. Got my, I'm, yeah. I'm rooting for the Bengals. So this is my third season on the team. Uh, first Super Bowl, but we do the Daytona 500 every yeah. year. Oh, cool. uh, so Heck actually, yeah. Next year, or sorry, next week after yeah. the Super Bowl, we're going out to Daytona to do that. Uh, we'll be at the Indy for the Indy 500 this mm-hmm. year. Uh, we do that one every other year. And then the Air Force Academy graduation we'll do every year. So after you guys fly over, do you land and then come to the game? Um, so we will. So they gave us uh, or they gave the team credentials uh, for official purposes. So we'll come to the game. Uh, then we'll have some meet and greets. We have to do some more media uh, training, some media stuff we got to do. Um, and then hopefully you get to kind of wave and say hi to the public out there. Yes, sir. That's awesome, man. Primo Slasher, it's been a pleasure to get to know honor. you guys. It really has yeah, been an honor. Thank you, guys. Really I'll be looking for you at quitting time here for those cold beers. Perfect. So yeah, take me up on that. Yeah. <laughs> it won't be hard to find out there. Maybe I'll go <laughs> pick some up for you at the break. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, gentlemen. Awesome. Thank, Thank you, guys. sir. Yes. Uh, all right. There they are, the Air Force Thunderbirds. Be flying over the Super Bowl. Thanks for answering all of our questions. Now, when we return here in the G-Bag Nation, are we going to get that top 10, Wolchuk? Yes, I can give you the top 10. I can also pay off on the Brett Favre. That's next on the fan. 106. I couldn't. <laughs> We can do it. Oh, that voice right there is Darren Woodson here as we are back <laughs> on your home of the Cowboys 105.3 The Fan. And, yes, Brian brought us his favorite player, uh, uh, a lot of Cowboys fans' time, favorite man. player, the future Hall oh of Famer God. Darren Woodson here with you on 105.3 The Fan. And a good afternoon to you, sir. How the heck are you? I'm doing great. Back on media row and, you know, enjoying every bit of it. Yes, sir. Now, are you a Vegas guy? Like uh, not really. Not really. You know, Vegas to me was always trouble. So I went to Arizona State. So I got to make sure I set this right. right? Okay. So I went to Arizona State. We were kind of a, known as a party school. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we would get kind buses. Of kind of. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we would get on these buses together. I don't know, maybe a hundred and some of us. Wow. And we would make our way up here to Vegas. And my Lord. Give I lost some. years. You were never a I character lost. problem. No, I, no, I wasn't. But in college, I was young and dumb, and I, it, was, it got a little out of hand. So I, from that point on, when I got into the league, I was like, no, nah, I'm not doing Vegas. Dude, that Arizona State recruiting trip must have been epic. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my God. So I'm from the Valley anyway, right? I'm, okay. so I'm from Phoenix. But I've seen, like, when it really, it's really eye-popping when – from guys from the East Coast come in, like yeah. Aliquippa, they come in from Pennsylvania and they mm-hmm. come to, to to Phoenix and they get off the plane and they line it. I mean, they had all the cheerleaders out oh, there yeah. hanging out and the Sun Angels <laughs> and they they're just coming back from <laughs> ten degrees on the East Coast and they get off that plane and it's eighty degrees and they're like, oh my god, it's it's, it's unbelievable. Oh my god, like I'm watching their eyes. I'm like, oh god, he's done. He got it. He's not got lying, him. man. <laughs> We haven't even left the airport. You're done. Well, I mean, the fact we have a Super Bowl here in Las Vegas is nuts. If your 90s Cowboys were here for a Super Bowl in Vegas, we've heard some of the legendary party stories. How much of a problem would we maybe have had? <laughs> yeah. This could, look, Jimmy, no problem. Not a problem. He'd keep it on lock. Oh, he's on lock. He, you better not do something stupid, right? Jimmy would have it on lock. After Jimmy, there would have been a problem. Our, our 95 team that, that played at the Super Bowl in Phoenix we were practicing, and guys were showing up in limos. Yeah. To practice. They didn't get on the bus. Yeah. 
is showing up in limos to the practice field, and we were just a little bit. I don't know how we won that game, man. I, I promise you. I promise you. And, you know, I couldn't imagine having social Because your players were so much better than yeah, everybody exactly. else. Let me tell you, that's that why you won that game. That was a part. But social media would have been a, a factor for us, too. <laughs> yeah. A, a huge factor. I don't know if we would have lined up if we would have. Good thing there was no social media oh, there. God. Yeah. I wouldn't be walking his... around with these rings. Oh, that's my sure. goodness. I, I got to ask you about Mike Zimmer, who yeah. you know very, very well. And, Zim, I mean, we've kind of been campaigning maybe to try and get this defensive coordinator job. It's out of our hands. But right. what, what can you tell us about Zim and the time? Well, Coach, he is. I'm biased, man. I, I've spent so much time around Zim. I know how much he cares about the game. He, he's from a background. His father was a coach. Uh, his son, Adam, who, you know, God bless him. Uh, God rest him, man. Yeah. That's a tough one. But uh, who just passed away, was a coach as well, and it just runs in his blood. It's just, you know, it, this entire season, he's pretty much sat on the sideline. And I can't tell you how many times this year he and I talked about football, like every week. Yeah. Like every week he's calling about so-and-so and this and that. And he's just so engaged in the game that, you know, again, I'm biased by it. But, you know, if you want someone that's going to shock the system, he's not going to be your best friend. He's just not. I mean, he and I became friends after a long time because it was a respect factor that ended up being a friendship. But he's tough, uh, hard-nosed. Uh, some players will not want to play. Uh, uh, for him because, you know, he's going to – the expectations are going to be harder than they've, they've, uh, they've, they've expected in the last few years. Sure. But he knows the game better than anyone, and uh, he's going to coach hard. And I think that, to me, that's the shock this team needs. Speaking of coaches, how, how special was it to see Jimmy in the ring this year? That was special. It was special. Look, I, I don't know who Jimmy is. I honestly don't because the guy I knew, he just yelled and cussed at me. Like, <laughs> I was – the idiot, right? That's all. Every time I saw him, I was, my name is idiot because that's all. I mean, he was so tough on everyone outside of Troy and it, Mike. Everybody else, you know, he's coming at you. And he's, you know, he was really, really hard on the players. But he had so many personalities within that locker room that I think the greatest job that he ever did is not so much on, a, on the field, but it was the fact that he knew how to to push us to play at the levels and, and get us engaged for the games. And, you know, practices were hard as hell, man. I'm talking full, you know, full padded practice when, when brought us and those guys were up in Green Bay just yeah. walking around in shorts and all that. <laughs> we were in full pads. Had to wear a mouthpiece during practice because we hit so much. But that was the mentality. So when we played the game on Sunday, it was like, man, this is a break. I mean, this is this is this is actually fun. To we're looking forward to this Sunday. right now. Yeah, this is what we're looking forward to. But a phenomenal coach and did a great job of building a staff around him. Uh, and that staff went on to to be head coaches around the league. As it's well. interesting because you bring that up with you know Jimmy's going to yell and cuss and scream at you. Yeah. Zim is a guy that's going to shake it up. You know, we it seems now you've got a lot of player type of coaches. Yeah. And there's there's different ways to skin a cat, as Stephen yeah. Jones always likes to tell us, right? But which coach has got the most out of you? And do you think this team has a little bit of a complacency issue? Maybe why they're not able to get over that hump with you know, accountability? I, that's a hard question for me to answer because I'm not in the locker room. If I was in right. the locker room, then I would have a better sense of, because I can remember when, when Jimmy was gone and the sense in that locker room became we're entitled because we won three Super Bowls and now we're 5-11 and 11 and we still think mm -hmm. yeah. you know we're entitled to, to having some success. And it doesn't work that way, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm not sure what the dynamics are. I can tell you this. I, I think when, when you look at this team holistically, I don't know if Dak needs a guy who's going to yell and scream at him. I, I don't know that. I, I don't think he's you know a guy that probably is, is built that way. I think he's, you know, he's down the road enough and he's become the leader of this team 
that maybe you don't need to yell and scream at him. But then you got guys that are on that defensive side of the ball. And look, the defensive guy says, and he'll tell you this. Yeah. We are the least respected. You're running down on special teams. You're going to oh, be yeah. in a special teams meeting. Yeah. You got to, we call it a blue jersey. The defensive players wear blue jerseys. The offense guys wear the white jersey. You're going, you're going to run down on special teams. You're going to be treated a certain way. Uh, the coaches on the defensive side are usually a little bit rougher mm-hmm. and tougher. Yeah. And they, they want to what we call MF you all the time. right? Mm-hmm. And you kind of get accustomed to that. Like, okay. Even when Bill Parcells came in, yeah, yeah, he didn't talk to the quarterbacks like you know recklessly. He'd walk over to us and go, he'd be like, "Nice, throw flowers at Quincy, you know, Carter." And <laughs> even though Quincy, when yeah. he's throwing flowers, flowers at him, he's going to get him to play. But then he comes over to us and he's like, "You, mother. you know, he's going in on us." But you know, it just depends. I, I still think this team needs a little bit of both. Yes, it needs a little bit of both, and it's okay to shake them up because I think this team, personnel wise has the capabilities to be a championship team. I think they're missing some pieces, mm-hmm. in particular in, in the middle of this defense. Sure. Yeah. That's your but fault. That's not my fault. Yes, I'm, it is. I, it's way, your fault. I'm way It old. is your fault. Because <laughs> what is it like to be part of an organization that they will never have a player play that position like you? Mm. And they hunt that every damn year. They hunt a guy like look, you, and there's not a guy like you. I, I thought that, you know, look, I, at the back end of the, of, of the season, I think the safety play dropped. But early on with Donovan and, and, and Curse and those guys, I thought see they it, played Woody. well. I thought they played well they early on in that season. They don't see it. You know that. Yeah, but, you know, look, I, hey, that's up to you to say that. For me, I, I think that I think the, the middle of this defense needs to get better. Hands yeah. down. Hands yeah. down. And uh, you and I have had these conversations in the past, like, when your guys up front can play at a high level and sure. you got a nasty linebacker, he, the linebacker yeah. does not have to be the nicest guy. Yeah. He could be kind of a jerk, and you let him be a jerk. That's the kind of guy that I'm looking for, somebody that's slobbering mm-hmm. on the weekends and you know, kind of Charles Haley-like. Yeah, you know, yeah. Up a little crazy. Yeah, a little crazy. I, I, I want that. that guy. I want that guy. Man, could you take me into some of these, these crazy Jimmy Johnson tough practices? Like, we just talked to Brian Billick the other day. I'm blown away. He's coaching the Baltimore Ravens, one of the greatest defenses ever. They win a Super Bowl. They're not doing any Oklahoma drills in practice mm. at that time. Mm. Now, I'm sure you guys are, oh, right? I mean, we're, we're, I mean, we got Darren Woodson versus Emmett Smith in Oklahoma drills? Yeah. Are you well, freaking kidding well, me? Well, first of all, Emmett never was – if Emmett ever tells you that he, he did a hitting drill when he was <laughs> okay. playing with the Cowboys, that is a lie. <laughs> that would be a lie. Matter of fact, when I came in the league, first person that I tangled up with was Michael Irvin. And Jimmy Johnson grabbed me to the side and said, hey, you know Michael Irvin? It's okay. Like, he's going to fight you back. Yeah. You go ahead and rough him up. Yeah. He says, you see number 22? And he said, I said, yeah. And he says, you let him run through the drill. All I want you to do is grab him, butt him up, don't hit him, right? right. He says, you see number eight? And I said, yeah. And he says, you hit number eight, I'll cut your ass. <laughs> I knew the pecking order early on, right? Yeah. So I never had the chance to hit Emmett or really get entangled up with, you know, with Mike and all that. And you had to watch your mouth around Troy as well. But, you know, that was, the, that was kind of, you know, how things shook out back then. But Jimmy was, Jimmy was tough on yeah. – like there was an expectation with Jimmy. There really was. Like, if you didn't do your job Monday, if I didn't, if I didn't do my job on Sunday, I didn't sleep because Monday I knew when the film came on. Man. Woo, boy. A number of years ago we were talking with Jerry Jones, and, and, and I don't know why it came up, but the question was, who's the guy from the Cowboys and your ownership that you think would be the toughest guy, could whoop anybody? Mm. And he said Michael Irvin. Mm. What was your experience tussling with Michael Irvin over the years? I think Michael Irvin had one of the toughest mindsets and was one of the guys that, you know, mentally was 
there wasn't a time where I looked at Mike and I said, oh, he's defeated. Like he was, ne even after a bad loss, he would step up and get on that podium and yeah. stand it, like just take all the darts. I mean, he just, we just, he just did it. I mean, that was just him. So mentally, yeah, he's a guy that's going to be, he's going to be there. He's going to be one of the guys at the end there. But I played against, I played with guys like Tony Tobert, man. Tony Tobert, dude. Like, people don't have no idea the mental toughness of Tony Tolbert. He'd show up every day I, for nine straight years. He didn't miss a practice with bad knees. Yeah. And he taught me how to be a professional, show up, when to show up, how to show up, do the little things. Daryl Johnson being another one. You walk around and look at Daryl Johnson, his fingers are all mangled up, would not miss practice. And that's, that was the mentality back then because if your leaders and your top dogs aren't missing practice, you ain't missing practice. How much Toradol do you think you consumed in, oh throughout God. the course of your career? <laughs> Just to make it through oh practice. Oh, my God. I tell you what, Toradol, I don't know. I feel like a dope fiend half the time <laughs> I used to walk. It wasn't so much practice. It was game time for me. Right. And I came okay. in the league. I got a quick one. You know, I'm, I'll be too long. But when I first came in the league, I was there was a line before the games. There was this long line yeah. that wrapped around by the train. <laughs> Every team has this, right? Every team. And it wraps around in this little small office where the the, uh, the doctor is, yeah. right? And the doctor's the one giving a shot. And I was like, Who, what's this line for? And James Washington said, you, first game of the season. He says, you'll figure it out. Yeah. You're too young right now. You don't need this right now. And I'm like, well, what is it? He explains it. Store it all shot. You're too young. First season plays. I played the entire season. No tour it all shot. I went three, four years. By my fourth year, I was in front of the line. <laughs> I figured it out. That, and it took all the little edge and yeah. all the – because it was hard to practice. Like, you practice during the week, and then you have game on Sunday, and you're usually not back. Your body's not usually back until Thursday, Friday, and you're finally getting there, but you still have your fingers, ankles, or whatnot, little knickknacks, and it would take that sharp little pain away. Yeah. For you to play again. Now, Monday was a different story. Man. I was going to say, when does, it, when does that go away oh, and then it all Monday, comes crashing? Shoot, you play a 3 o'clock game by about 2 o'clock in the morning. You're like, oh, my God, what Thanks. happened to me? I just got into a car wreck. Someone just, you know, dropped Man. me off a plane. But it was... It was it slammed you at the end of the day. Well, I'm acting like I'm some kind of <laughs> no, <laughs> dude, it's yeah, really in Vegas, and I'm talking drugs. Well, we, okay, what about the smelling salts? Are you smelling salts? Oh, yeah. uh, we want to try to bring some out. Bit. Not, not much. Okay, so not it wasn't much. like an amazing. No, like, gotta hit no. This I, you know, I hit it once in a while. And it just wasn't. It didn't get me. Didn't get you going. No, like it, didn't, that. it didn't really. I, I saw guys on kickoff and guys ha have them in their pads and <laughs> using them. Yeah, during games, Man. I just nah. No, I didn't, I didn't need him. We had Sean Alexander on earlier, and we were talking Seattle and, and how, you know, Brian wanted to draft him here with the Cowboys, but you got Joey Galloway in that trade. It always makes you think of Emmett's day that he broke the record. But one of the things that stands out about that game, I think you have one of the biggest hits I've oh, ever seen in my life on yeah. Daryl Jackson. Yeah. Is that your number one all-time big hit? No, it, it wasn't. What? It wasn't. It, it, actually, it, it was not. And I shouldn't have been. The only reason I was playing the middle of the field that game and had that hit was because I couldn't cover the slot because I had a high ankle sprain. I, oh. It was hurt. And, and Parcells said, hey, I'm going to let you play safety. Yeah. And I tell you what, he said, I'm gonna, the way he got me to play yeah. is because they were trying to get my ankle, the high ankle sprain right there, giving me shots. And he sure. goes, Parcells walks in and goes, hey, you're not going to cover the slot. Yeah. I'm going to put you in the middle of the field. Dude, you don't, I can't tell you how happy I was. I was like. <laughs> I get to play in the middle field and hit people <laughs> yeah. and not have to cover someone. Yes. I'm in, right? I don't care. I'm, 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 I booted it up and got I got out there and played. But uh, that hit was, it was on Daryl Jackson. He ran a skinny post, and I see Matt. Every time I see Matt Hasselback, I was like, "It's your fault, brother." Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. he stared him down. Yeah, and he kept looking at him, looking at him. And I thought, well, it's either I'm going to go for the interception, and I was trying to get there for the interception, but I got there a little too late. 
and it was like a bang bang play. And it, but it felt like it sucks. It was a seventy-five thousand dollar fine. I'm still hurt by Ooh, that. Ooh, but it was felt a like play. you ever hit a golf ball? Yes. <laughs> and it's just like <laughs> off the tee. You catch it in the screws. Oh God. <laughs> you turn the back foot. You only feel like you hit it. Yeah. yeah. That's how that was. Worth felt. every penny. Amazing. Oh, my God. It felt good. But that, that FedEx package sucked. Yeah. How, <laughs> I, many, how many FedEx packages did you get? Do you know? Too dang many. Yeah. I got a lot. I got a lot. And I probably would have had a lot more if I would have continued to play. But, um, I, I, you know, hitting quarterbacks, you know, it was really that my last couple of years is when the rules started to. Yeah. To change, and I started to see other guys, you know, like Dawkins and mm-hmm. uh, who else? Uh, Lynch. 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 Yeah, you, know, you guys started getting yeah. you know, ding. But I, at one point, for like two weeks, like I had the highest fine, which I was not proud of. And then I think Dawkins came right behind me, took over, he took over on that one. Wow. Oh, Rodney Harrison hit. Oh, hit, Rodney, he hit Jerry Rice in yeah. the end zone, and yeah. I that was the next big fine. So, all right, Darren, not a not a Vegas guy anymore, but it looks like you're a Choctaw guy. I am a Choctaw guy, man. We were right this ninety. Oh, my boy Billy Davis here. Uh, uh, Choctaw is just ninety minute drive from DFW. All the amenities in the world that you can imagine at for a casino. Uh, I take my kids there. We go to concerts. My wife and I go to concerts there. Uh, great steakhouses. And let me tell you, if you if you have family friends take the take that 90 minute drive up there and get in that that class a pool man it's like a resort style pool uh the partnership is myself uh, troy aikman uh emmett is coming on board today i think they Let's just go. and then um uh, and Pudge. Pudge rodriguez so it's it's been a really good run for us and uh we can't wait to continue to build that relationship amazing it's awesome no. great segment for us man thanks for Thank knocking you it out hard best. Uh, best of luck to you this week Thank and you. uh and have a great weekend thanks bro there he goes oh. darren woodson here with you on your home of the cowboys 1053 the fan a special treat we look forward to whenever we get a chance to chat with woody uh, our radio row coverage brought to you by Low T Center and Best Buy Windows and Siding. And we're back with more sports here with you. It's the GBAC Nation on the fan. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade used with permission.